0: One of the nicest parts about what we do is, if, if you give it time, it will it will come around to the point where you, at some point, it will be there. And it's about picking that point, though. That's that's probably the hardest point is, is knowing where it's at, what it's doing, uh, the beer in the barrel, and, and knowing where it's going, and then trying to hit it at that point where you think it's it's just right.
1: This is the producers. I'm Danny Vallant. Ed Nolly brews sour beer at Dollar Bill Brewing in the Australian beer capital of Ballarat. In 1870, as the gold rush tailed off, Ballarat had more than 500 pubs. Panning and digging for gold was clearly extremely thirsty work. The gold is mostly gone, but Ballarat is still a beer centre, with a culture of brewing nurtured by local Federation University, which offers courses in malting and brewing. Ed and his wife Fiona are the people behind Dollar Bill Brewing. It's craft beer by name, and it's also crafted with love, care and passion.
0: Uh, my name is Ed Nolly. I am the uh, brewer, blender and barrel caretaker for Dollar Bill Brewing up in Ballarat. Well, I've been brewing home brewing for, near uh, yeah, on 20 years now, uh, mostly with a, a friend out of high school, and, and he went on to... Work in the wine industry, and I kind of diverted into the the beer industry, mostly in the kitchen in the beer in, in, the, in the in a in a brew pub in Canada. Um, and then, kind of, uh, we got together again. He, he developed his winemaking processes, and we were able to play around with some barrels and and some you know some fancy equipment in the winery, and we put some stuff into barrels and uh, let it age for a few years, and had some really good success, and uh, decided that. It was going to be the path that we went down, and he kept on wine making wine, and, and he's still chasing the, the perfect Pinot, and I've gone on to make sour beer and put more beer into barrels.
1: Dollar Bill takes fresh fruit, honey, and wort from local producers, then ferments and ages it in French oak barrels. The end products include Belgian-inspired ales, ciders, mead, and barrel-aged beers. It's art, science and creativity in a glass.
0: It's a fairly simple kind of operation. We take uh, fresh, fresh work uh, as a gypsy brewer, uh, transport it into Ballarat or take it from a, a producer in Ballarat and then we uh, either ferment it uh, using spontaneous uh, atmospheric wild yeasts and bacteria um or we inoculate it and then put it off to barrel to age essentially they're all sour so they're they're sour beers and that that comes from uh lactic acid bacteria within the the barrels so in the actual spore uh, the pores of the wood in the in the barrels um so everything goes sour so we do sour barrel aged beers uh some are a little bit funkier than others so there's Uh, barrels that exhibit uh, Britannomyces characters, which are, you know, barnyard, funk, and goatee aromas and and things like that, uh, which really adds some kind of complexity and interest to the product. Um, And we do uh, typically sour beers, and sour beers work beautifully when they're put over fruit. So uh, fruit is basically sugar and acid and flavor. Uh, So we provide the acid component, the sourness, uh, put it over fruit, and the fruit adds the flavor component. And then there's this underlying uh, ethanol, ABV, um, which you know makes it enjoyable to drink.
1: Brewing vies with baking, as the oldest craft known to humans. But what actually is this trendy innovation called craft beer? Ed explains.
0: Essentially, craft beer was, was a movement that came out of uh, the US uh, in the 70s as, as legislation changed in, in the 70s to allow people to, to homebrew Uh, legally in the US and it came to Australia after that and it's never been illegal to homebrew in Australia but that movement came out of the the US and uh, I think it was more a movement away from these larger uh, commercial macro beers which are produced uh, from raw ingredients that are essentially grown for more fermentability for higher sugar levels better efficiencies and not necessarily grown for better flavor in australia we've, we've kind of we're coming into that too we we've been i think a little bit sidetracked by you know craft beers like you know it's a it's a whole lot of fun there's you know your flavor components are, are huge you can you can do anything with it too it's like it's so much fun to play around with adding different ingredients, different fruit ingredients and different grains and different um, hops into and and pushing those hop levels with craft beer. But I think we're coming back to that sense of uh, we actually can produce some really good kind of um, malted uh, malted grains in Australia from older varieties, which were grown back in the day for flavour. Um, these guys up at uh, Voyager Craft Malt up in the Riverina in New South Wales, they produce some magnificent. Malt. They won a, um, a, a World Malting Championship award for their pale malt, which uh, I think it's Valoria. And this is built. This is it's produced from schooner in using again regenerative farming practices, so caring for the land and looking after it, and and that translates into the grains and then the malting process, and then back into the beer. So. Um, yeah, it's it's growing in Australia, like this movement towards better product, um, but it's been coming from the US from the you know, mid-70s.
1: Barrel ageing creates flavours, but blending is where Dollar Bill really makes its beer. This is the most creative part of the process, but can also be the most nerve-wracking. And that's probably why Ed loves it so much.
0: We, we enjoy the ability to kind of blend at the end. So we, we have multiple barrels of different kind of uh, ferment processes and then we put them together to make a product. And it's a little bit more art-like than science-like. So regular brewing is probably a little bit more science-like. Everything's got to be uh, hitting numbers and, and, and hitting points, whereas uh, the, the blending barrel barrel aging and blending process is a little bit more art like you have the ability to kind of take different barrels and an idea of a profile of of flavor that you have in your head and then take those barrels and try and recreate that uh profile that you're looking for so more art than science uh, from my point of view with the blending process we essentially we have uh products that, that are created conceptualized brewed um and then fermented and then put off the barrel. Once they go to barrel, I mean, and you don't wanna be putting bad beer off the barrel. So if, if it if it doesn't work in that fermentation process, then basically it's not gonna work in barrel at all. So, so the fermentation process has to be thoughtful, at least thoughtful. Um, and then some stuff will be, if you if it's inoculated and it has a really good, nice, clean ferment, um, and it, you put it off to barrel, it will it will sour up, um, and it will sour up fairly quickly, the lower the amount of hops you put in there. So less hops, more sour. Um, and then each batch will kind of have uh, several different fermentation techniques done on it. So you have, a, let's say it's a, a 10-barrel batch, and you'll do four barrels with inoculated uh dry yeast or inoculated yeast We'll do two barrels with um older uh inoculation from a, a previous batch which may have uh larger populations of, of wild yeast and bacteria and then you'll do two which are maybe spontaneous ferments uh either straight to barrel or via a cool ship so um essentially we'll put those into barrel and uh give it enough time for it to develop some acidity, some lactic, bas- uh, lactic acid bacteria acidity. Um, and if it develops a little bit of funk from protanomyces or something with residual sugars, then that's fantastic. If it doesn't, then it's nice, clean uh, lactic acid base. Um, and then we'll take that product So as a, as a collective. And then if we need to source other complexity from other barrels, We'll look at other barrels from different batches to add complexity to that batch. So there's a whole lot going on. Uh, <laughs> um, each product is different, but each product starts as a concept, uh, ends as a product, but incorporates other barrels of, of other stuff um, in there. And it, it all has to have a, a certain acidic profile. So the it shouldn't be, uh, you know, just... A straight beer like if it tastes like a normal beer we're probably not uh it's probably not ready yet so it's still it's still developing acidity it's developing funk it's developing barrel characteristics um so we'll, we'll typically wait till we've got a nice good acid profile and then blend some complexity into it
1: creativity is essential in standing out as a craft brewer but good beer always has to be technically sound How do art and science work together to create a great bottle?
0: You've got to have the science there. It's it's all about having good, basic knowledge of of how to create beer. Um, We we made, so my friend, my winemaking friend and I, we made uh, beer down in the winery. We we weren't initially putting stuff into barrels. Um, We were just making beer. We were making pale ales and IPAs and uh, playing around with hop bursting and dry hopping and... And all this stuff and whirlpooling and uh and just different grains and and all that sort of stuff and so the science has got to be there you've got to know how to make good beer to start off with and then once you know how to make good beer then and the part of exploring it is to to allow those microbes to do their things And, and the constraint is environmental so if you've got temperature and humidity and and certain other things that kind of play into how those barrels behave and how those microbes behave um, and even even the barrel selection plays a, a big part too so we'll, we'll use typically French oak because French oak's a little bit more uh, open poured so it, it breathes a little bit better so you get this increase in Britannomyces characters that you don't get with American oak or uh, maybe you know other oaks that or other woods um, that aren 't quite as porous um, so yeah there's there's that, and then you put it off to age, and then the the art kind of thing comes in with you know picking when when is the barrel ready and and when is it is it right to blend and, and what can you blend it with and and then putting the fruit with it and picking a good base and a good fruit to go together and um, yeah so that it's it's quite a bit involved, but uh, you've got to have that science background uh, that knowledge of of how to make good beer to start and then just push that good beer into a whole other realm of of interest and intrigue and complexity.
1: Ballarat has a strong history as a beer hub and these days, brewers of all sizes and types ply their craft in different ways. How do these many players work together in collaboration and competition?
0: Ballarat's a, a particular area of, 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 of Victoria that just has some... Uh, magnificent producers. We've got uh pallet hill up the road here that does some magnificent biodynamic, biodynamic grains, which are, um, I don't know if you know, biodynamic farming is a little bit little like, a little bit like organic farming, but instead of just not doing stuff, you do stuff to promote uh, regenerative kind of farming practices um, and, and improve the land. Uh, and they do some magnificent grains out there. They, they run a little uh, stone flour mill out there, um, just producing beautiful biodynamic flour and of, of a few grains. So they do wheat, uh, they were doing spelt and I think they were doing emma up until about last year. So um, ancient kind of grains as well. So less less gluten influence on those things. And uh, we use a bit of their stuff in our beer. So raw grains from them and they, they're just magnificent. Uh, we've got uh, Alan Cass out at AC Hoffs. They do... Um, they just started this little hop farm out in Ballarat or in Dean, sorry, near Ballarat. Um, and they do, they just grow these kind of older, some noble varieties, some uh, more high alpha varieties of hops, which are just, you know, beautiful local produced and a different to uh, what um, HBA is doing up in the the, the Keywell Valley there. Uh We've got Ernie down in Buninyong as well, who does some magnificent blueberries. There's a uh, lot of Vino wines, which is out in uh, Kogels Creek. I mean, the region's magnificent. So there's, you've got all these producers doing some amazing stuff. And if we can incorporate any of that stuff into our beer, we do.
1: You wouldn't make beer simply to win awards, but the recognition can make a difference to sales for sure, but also as an endorsement of approach and direction. Ed talks about the marvels of medals.
0: We had a, we won a, a IBA Independent Brewers Association Championship Trophy in 2019 for our mixed culture beer, which was a was a, a straight mixed culture beer. Uh, what what we like to call a, a pseudo lambic. So um, it was an inoculated lambic. So the the three components of the lambic are you know saccharomyces, uh, lactic acid bacteria, which is uh, you know. Plantarum or, or something else, and a pediococcus. And then uh, we also incorporated uh, Britannomyces as well, um, and a couple of strains of Britannomyces uh, on a, uh, what do you call it, like a, a 70% Pilsner, 30% uh, wheat, and then a little bit of uh, crystal rye malt in there as well, kind of base. Into large, large barrels, and then let it age for about two years, and then in 2019 we packaged it and, and sent it off to uh, the IBA, and we won a championship trophy there, which was amazing. Like, we were totally unexpected, and uh, you know, just entering it to be part of the industry and, and you know, be at these things, and um, to be awarded something like that is amazing. Then, in 2022, we won a. Um, a champion australian beer for our uh, gold teeth which was a a a peach beer which um was just really nice simple uh barrel aged not very much funk. uh it was a it was a spontaneous fermented barrel aged beer and then put over these beautiful uh biodynamic clingstone peaches from um ruffy and it was just amazing to amazing event and amazing to win an, an award in that and yeah, honestly don't know how we did it but it was a very tasty beer. So. <laughs> seeing the industry change from uh what it was, you know, 10 years ago to to what it is now and 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 just having uh Australian wild and and spontaneous and sour beers recognized as as you know that highly uh accoladed in Australia is is huge. It's um massive so it really makes us I don't know love what we do a bit more
1: The beer is crucial but the visual identity is a big part of creating a brand Dollar Bill works with McGill design groups Craig McGill and Susan Elliott to build out their monetary Dollar Bill theme
0: It is basically uh, a monetary themed kind of label we we employed the bloke who uh, did the original uh, bicentennial $10 bill he's done uh, Passport our work and, and the whole currency for Papua New Guinea was the youngest person to do a currency, a full currency. Um, so uh, Craig McGill up in Sydney, he does all our work. He's uh, amazing, but it was all monetary theme. There's complexity in the labels um, as much as our, as there is complexity in our beers. So I think that's kind of the direction we chose with that is to kind of, you know, our labels should represent our beer and, and there is, you know, if you look at them, there's a whole lot going on there. All, there's a little hidden tracks on each label, uh, so a song to drink the beer to. So we, we're trying to create an immersive experience, um, and then yeah, just the, the fine line artwork is magnificent. Uh, we did, we ended a few of those in uh, the craft beer marketing awards um, in the states a couple of years ago in 22, and we pulled a couple of platinums out of uh, platinum trophies out of that as well, and uh, we engage a a local ballarat artist for some other artwork uh, which is our rare oak society we we do a subscriber club um which is all about uh just getting direct direct consumer products Um, and he did the artwork for our rare oak society and that won a a gold uh crushy award so uh, it's magnificent
1: there's no point brewing beer unless you love drinking beer too but how does Ed Nolly love to enjoy the fruits of his labour?
0: Uh, I would find a very nice, refined um, Pinot glass, preferably uh, Pinot or Chardonnay glass, and uh, make sure it's cold but not too cold. Pour it, uh, and then sit down and, and enjoy it with friends, um, and friends and cheese, and <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wouldn't drink, you know, more than three or four in, a, in an evening, but. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's more of a sharing kind of thing. So if you, if you have friends, and that's what the, the music's kind of, we had um, uh, Stu from Voyager Malt came past and he said he he drank one of the beers uh, and I think it was our red letter beer and it, it has a, a Spanish song attached to it and he, he never would have had the conversation. He was drinking with a friend and they scanned the code and, and uh, this Spanish song started to play and they got into a whole conversation of how they'd both been to spain and worked in spain and this you know this conversation would never have happened if they hadn't had scanned that uh, little code and listened to the song whilst uh, enjoying one of our beers so yeah it's really nice to hear those kind of stories too the people in the industry are amazing like the people you get to meet uh the events you get to go to um and then just everyone and the the collaborative kind of nature of it everyone wants to do stuff together or help each other out. And I've, I've worked in a few other industries industries, and it's nothing like that. Like the, the beer industry and brewing in general is just so much fun. That, that would be the, my favourite part of, of the whole thing.
1: Craft beer is a world unto itself. For the makers and the geeks, it's full of terminology and technicality. But it's all in service of simple pleasures, a glass of beer, fascinating flavours and something to chat about and enjoy with friends. Ed Nolly combines art and science in his hobby turned profession and Dollar Bill is going from strength to strength. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers, and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.